Welcome to The Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 or the new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Okay, Cub fans, it's the baseball show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Black and Abdallah with you. The phone number is 312-332-3776. Which Cal Hendricks are you getting tonight? Uh, he's on the mound against the Pirates. He is 3-4 and four with a 4.09 ERA. He has lost his last three outings. Last time out, he gave, ten, gave up 10 hits, 5 runs, 5 earned, 2 home runs. Uh, he had 6 strikeouts. Kyle Hendricks on the mound tonight. What are the Cubs going to get from probably uh, the pitcher that's supposed to be their second best pitcher and a guy that needs to get right after three losses? Yeah, see, here's the problem, Chris. Going into yesterday, we said the exact same thing about John Lester, and it was like, well, which John Lester are we going to get? And it was like, well, hey, look at the Pirates. You know, they're 27th in average. They're dead last in on-base percentage. This is the time for John Lester to get right. He was cruising on, you know, pretty pretty okay early on, and then they got to him. So I'm going to say the same thing for Kyle Hendricks. The the cure for what ails Kyle Hendricks might be facing the one of the worst offensive teams in baseball. You know, he's a big favorite tonight. The Cubs are a big favorite because of who he's facing and because of, you know, uh, because of the Pirates and because of the pitcher that the Cubs are also facing in Joe Musgrove, you know, who is 0-3 and has a uh, 6.75 ERA. So, like I said yesterday, with all the great intentions of John Lester having a good outing, I'll say the same thing for Kyle Hendricks. He should be fine tonight and should get back to winning ways and pitching well because... This Pirates offense is garbage. And there is Cubs news today. Uh, First of all, if you take a look at the lineup for the Chicago Cubs, uh, you see uh, Chris Bryant not in the lineup tonight after playing yesterday, back with the team, getting a rest day. You see guys like Jason Hayward not in the lineup tonight. Kyle Schwarber not in the lineup tonight. So the Cubs have an interesting lineup out there. And then also... Uh, The latest news on Jose Quintana, the left-hander, going on the 10-day IL retroactively to August 31st due to a left lat inflammation. Uh, They recall right-handed pitcher pitcher Jason Adam from the South Bend alternate site. But Jose Quintana going to the 10-day IL for the Chicago Cubs. A lot of Cubs news before the game today in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think, you know, that's not good, obviously, because he looked good in his last outing. And you were like, okay, well, just insert him with Chatwood going to the IL. Just insert Quintana into that spot, and you should be good. Hopefully the thumb is fine, and you he comes back, and everything. you have your starter back where he's supposed to be. But then this lat injury that just kind of popped up, I didn't, you know, I'm not analyzing his, his mechanics or anything, but it didn't seem like he was ailing or trying to pitch through anything. His last outing, this just kind of popped up out of nowhere. You know, they're going to uh, recall Albert Alzale at some point here. They didn't do that today, but they will at some point. They've got five games coming up with the Cardinals this weekend, including a doubleheader. You know, that series wraps around to Monday. So, 
they are going to uh, need another starter, and that's going to be Albert Alzale. And, you know, this this is an issue with a month left in the season that could leak into the postseason. And Jose Quintana was someone that you might have needed to count on, given the fact that John Lester is struggling. Kyle Hendricks, as of late, has been struggling when you really only have one pitcher that you can count on in you, Darvish. And also, being in a bubble for the playoffs, Chris, there's not going to be many off days. They're going to be pitching a lot, and they're going to be going back to back to back because it's not like they got to fly home and away. It's the same ballpark. So you're going to be pitching in that same ballpark every single night. You may not be able to go to a three-man rotation or a four-man rotation if guys are going to be pitching, if you're going to have games every single day. Cup fans, are you concerned about your rotation as we head down the stretch here in the second half of the season and towards the playoffs? You have the best team in the National League Central. Uh, it's no question there. You're sitting with a record of 21-14, but do you trust this pitching staff into the uh, high-pressure situation of the playoffs? You have you, Darvish, John Lester, Hendricks needs to get right. What do we have from Alec Mills from all the way uh, through the rest of this season? You have Tyler Chatwood on the IL. Now Quintana joins him after only coming back for two starts or uh, two two times where he has been used by the Chicago Cubs in two games, six innings pitched so far. Quintana's looked pretty good in the last time out, only giving up one run, one earned, one home run. He had a walk and six strikeouts. So for all intents and purposes, you're right, Abdallah. Quintana has looked good. So if you're a Cub fan and you're looking at this team, you're trying to figure out, okay, how do we beat the Dodgers? How do we beat the Padres? Mm-hmm. When we face off against Atlanta, when we get into a playoff series, how is this going to work? We know that you Darvish to this point is probably a Cy Young candidate, if not favorite. Mm-hmm. He is pitching that well. Mm-hmm. But then game two, what are we going to get from Hendricks? Hopefully we see tonight against the Pirates, we see a bounce back. We see a correction to what we've seen from Hendricks to this point in the season. Then you go on. We saw from Lester. You know, Lester got through the first couple of innings, and then once the Pirates lineup saw him a few times, then you started to see him fall apart last night. So, you know, what are you going to get from Lester in a playoff situation? Is it only once or twice through the lineup? And you're going to have to assume that when Lester goes out there in a playoff spot, you have to have the pen ready for the third time through the lineup. Yeah. Is that the type of pitcher he is I thought they should have had them ready yesterday. He started, he's giving up all these hits and everything, and it's, it's starting to fall apart. It's like, why didn't you have a guy ready the third as a manager, you should always have a guy going the third time through the lineup. Well, always. Well, you always. know, I, and I think Cup fans would definitely feel this because uh, I feel as if, you know, with Joe Madden here as manager of the Cubs, there seems to be a lot of nonsense going on, especially with his bullpen moves. I know that uh, Cub fans have some con- concerns over what took place with the pen, and I'm being sarcastic because David Ross is here now as the manager for the Chicago Cubs. And I think all of the concerns about the way that Madden handled the pen and handled his starters in the past – Seem to have not changed when it comes to Joe, to David Ross last night uh, in Pittsburgh. And I know they got the win in 11 and the extras, but I feel as if there are some moves that were made that are questionable. And I think Cup fans have a right to question it because we were told that everything's going to be ha- uh, happy-go-lucky well, for the rest of the way here because of David Ross. Chris, let's not, let's not, don't even bring up the moves. Look at the lineup tonight. Look at this lineup. Contreras, well, it's, who's it's been struggling. Getaway day, Contreras right? is batting it's 190. It's a fun Sunday getaway day where they dress up and then they fly off to the next town, right? Contreras is batting 198. He's hitting oh. second. 
You know, you've got Souza in there. You've got Martinez in there, who came over as the as the their new DH. You've got Maben in right for Hayward, who's been hotter than anybody and just is getting a day off. You've got Chris Bryant, who came back for one game and then is now having a uh, a day off because David Ross is easing him back into the lineup. You played an extra inning game yesterday. What are we easing people back in the lineup for? There's 30 games. Like, what are we? What are we doing here? Is is this not a? Str- are, are we just? Are we in March? Are, are we? Are we still in April? Are we playing? Is this? Is this June? Are we? Are, is it June second? Well, I mean, you know, are we easing guys into the lineup? Like, what is going on? There's, there's, what, the Cubs are twenty one and fourteen. They've played thirty five games. They're playing sixty games this year. There's twenty five games left. That's it. And I think that's what's interesting here is this team. Even though there are a lot of questions for the Chicago Cubs. They're in first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if you want to go to the other argument, you could say they're only three games up on a team that's played far less games than they have to this point in the season. The Cardinals. Look, nothing is locked up. They're three games up on the Cardinals. They play five games against the Cardinals. The Cubs could find themselves in second place by the end of the weekend. You know what I mean? Like the Cubs, if they get, God forbid, if they get swept by the Cardinals, they're they're two games back. You can't have this. You can't. I just don't understand the lineup. I understand wanting to get guys days off. You just had a day off on Monday. Yeah. yeah. You've got a day off. Like, I I don't know. I'm frustrated. Black and Abdallah here on the baseball show with you. And that's <laughs> where we start things tonight with our first pitch. The first pitch. Play ball. Throwing out the first pitch. And I have to say, this was rather impressive. On the baseball show. Right. There's your first pitch and then some. On ESPN 1000. So the Cubs and the Pirates are delayed. Their start rain at the moment. So we'll keep our eyes on that as we focus here on the Chicago Cubs in our opening segment on the baseball show. Earlier today, Jed Hoyer was on with Cap and Jay Hood, our new morning show here on ESPN 1000, 7 to 10 every single day right here on ESPN 1000. Jed Hoyer talking about after 35 games, what does he think? about the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, listen, I think our guys have done a great job so far this year. You know, we talked a lot uh, in summer camp about, you know, getting off to a fast start. You know, we got off to a really good start. Uh, and then we struggled a little bit, and uh, it feels like we're picking things up. Um, you know, I, I still feel like there's a, another gear that we have uh, as a group. I think certainly offensively, uh, you know, I believe that. But uh, I think uh, David Ross and the coaching staff um, have done a great job with this group. And, um, you know, we listen, we have, as you said, we're 35 games into a 60-game season. You know, it's a sprint, and uh, we just have to, you know, maintain that focus that, we, that we've had. And uh, I feel really good about it. And, and hopefully, some of the things that we were able to do at the deadline, you know, help to, um, you know, provide some depth. Because I think when you play this many games in this many days, um, all that depth is going to be needed. So, Jed Hoyer earlier today on Cap and Jay Hood, right here on ESPN 1000, the depth that the Cubs acquired at the deadline yesterday. When you look at this team, and, and maybe, Adam, that's why you get a lineup that we see today and you get what we have because Quintana goes to the IL and then also you have different guys mixing into the lineup. Maybe that's the depth that Jed Hoyer is talking about this morning with Cap and Jay Hood and that David Ross just needs to use it going forward to kind of preserve what they have here with the Chicago Cubs in this short season. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000Chicago, and that's exactly what Roderick Jane says on Twitch. He's a great uh, chatter, I guess. Is that is that what you call it? Twitcher? 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 Twitch chatter? Yeah, a Twitcher. He's chatting in the Twitch. Twatchers? 
Easy there. I know. Easy, easy there. I, I think we, about it a few listen, times. Listen, we, we I think about it a few times. Listen, we we just got this show uh, yeah. two weeks ago. What's wrong with I, well, I, easy, easy, Abdallah. I just want to make sure that we keep this on the keep this show going forward. I just want to make sure that we. <laughs> We don't lose it two weeks into the show. He says the holes in the lineup, and why not try to get some of these uh, <laughs> other guys hot? So, uh, you know. Just, it, just easy there. Twitch with chatters. The, all right, we'll take your phone calls here on, <laughs> on the baseball show, uh, ESPN 1000, Black and Abdallah with you. We're going to talk some White Sox as well, and we have an interesting question. Fernando Tatis Jr. or Mike Trout, who would you rather have for the next 10 years? When you look into the numbers, it's actually not as easy of an answer as you would think. That's coming up. This is the baseball show. This is Chicago's Chicago's home home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The Cubs and the Pirates are in a rain delay before the game starts. Kyle Hendricks will be on the mound tonight for the Cubs, 3-4 with a 4.09 ERA. If you want to talk Cubs, you want to talk baseball with us, it's Black and Abdallah here on the Baseball Show. Let's go to Frank and Addison. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Frank? Can you hear me? We got you, man. Okay, I just uh, I was wondering if the Pirates are starting a, a, a left-hander tonight because that would be maybe the, the reason why they got the, the lineup in there with, with a couple of with Schwarber and Hayward out of there? No, he's a righty. Uh, uh, he's a righty. Okay, mm-hmm. that's still surprising. But that maybe, you know what, I know the other theory is, you know, they want to keep those bench guys sharp when they can, so if they do got to come off the bench or for a pinch hit or whatever it is, you know, they, they're they're not uh, dead. And they are playing the Pirates, you know. And if Hendricks can, you know, pitch his game somewhat close to what we expect from him, you probably won't need more than four runs to win the game anyway. Yeah, you'd hope, Frank. Thank you for the phone call. Joe Musgrove, the right-hander, uh, he's 0-3 with a 6.75 ERA. Yeah. So, you know, maybe Look, Frank's we, right. Maybe you could scrap together well, a victory I mean, with Hendricks on the mound. You could slap together some hits. You could get some runs. And, we I said mean, this yesterday, Musgrove though, just and, gives up runs anyway. So you, We said this yesterday. You needed all seven runs. Well, yeah, that, you went that's to true. extra innings that's against true. against this quote bad Pirates team. We're talking Cubs baseball with you at three one two three three two three seven seven six. Will in Virginia listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Will? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I am concerned about the Cubs rotation. I mean, outside of Darvish and Hendricks, I think Hendricks is going to be fine. I give him the benefit of the doubt. I feel like maybe Lester can dial up a big, you know, playoff type performance when you need him if you're in the playoffs, but can he do it consistently? Who knows? Probably not. At least not the way it's been looking. But outside of those three, I mean, I'm hoping Alzali, if he gets a shot, I'm hoping that he can, you know, get into a groove. And then I was hoping that uh, Quintana was going to be, you know, able to kind of slot in there, but now he's down. So, yeah, there's definitely a question mark. It's not like the bullpen, obviously, but definitely another question mark to go with the hit or miss offense at times. Hey, Will, help me out with this. Uh, Yesterday we were talking on the show about the way the National League stacks up for the playoffs. Are there any teams, uh, so if if I give you the Dodgers, would you feel confident in the Cubs rotation heading into a series against the Dodgers? Nope, not really. What about the Padres? Uh, Maybe the Padres. I mean, I guess the rotation might be able to hold its own but will the offense be able to hit their rotation will the bullpen blow it up anyways it's you know maybe the Padres maybe what about Atlanta 
The Braves. Uh, 21-14, hanging into tonight's yeah, I, action. I, mean, I, feel like they can hang, I feel like they can hang with these, some of these games for the most part, but... You know, it's like, can they put the whole package together? I mean, I know the Dodgers are stacked. The Braves are, are, are really good. The Padres are hot right now. But if the Cubs put the whole package together like they've been doing against the Reds and Pirates for the most part outside of the bullpen last night, maybe. But I don't. I wouldn't bet on them going, you know, to the World Series. Thanks, Will. We appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for calling. You got it. That's Will from Virginia. Thanks, Will. You, know, you know what's funny is uh, before Will's call mm-hmm. – um, Frank from Addison, he mentioned the Cardinals and how the Cubs are not going to be able to sweep the Cardinals. At least that's what he he, he told Sean that he was going to say on the air. Which So I look up the, the last time the Cubs and the Cardinals played, and the Cubs did win three of five against the Cardinals. But, I mean, that wasn't like an easy series for the Chicago Cubs. I, I am not, I'm still not willing to just assume that the Cardinals – are not going to factor into this for the NL Central. Well, I mean, based on two teams from every division getting in, they're in the playoffs right now. But I think it'd be naive to say that with, you know, 25 games still left this season, that it couldn't be tighter. It can be tighter after this weekend. You know, it can be tighter. How many more times do the Cubs still have to face the Cardinals this year? You know, how many more times do they have to face the Brewers this year? You know, Craig Council said ahead of a Brewer series, like, we were this much out the last time. The Cardinal, the, the Brewers are only two games out of that second spot right now. So, yeah, they might be five games out of first, but they're two games out of being in second place. So there's only 25 games left. That's why I'm so surprised by this lineup because it's like, yeah, there's only 25 games left. If you have that position locked up and you can afford to start giving guys days off, which is something Joe Madden used to do when he was here, is when they had the division locked up and they knew they were in the playoffs – you start resting, guys. You get oh, yeah. them ready for the playoffs. For sure. That's fine. There's 25 games left. This isn't, you're only three games up. This isn't a let's start resting guys situation. Schwarber's hot. Uh, Hayward's hot. Like, I, I get it. It's a right, but still, what are, you, what, are you, what are you resting these guys for? So the one thing that I wanted to bring up with the playoff seedings is, yeah, you're right. Two teams will get in from each division. But the way that that jumbles all together in the seeding, like, it's totally different for the Cubs to be in first place, the second seed in the NL, facing off in the first round against the Phillies, right? The Phillies right now are 16-15 and 15 with a win percentage of 5-16. They'd be the seventh seed. I, I like the Cubs' chances in that series. Yeah, absolutely. But if, if somehow it gets jumbled or they fall back where the Braves and the Padres are ahead of the Cubs, and now you're sitting in fourth and it's 4-5, four, and that 4-5 or five matchup in the first round is Cubs-Cardinals, mm-hmm. I'd feel different about a series like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know when you look at the, the potential playoff matchups, that there are a few teams, as you were asking Will earlier, that I'd be concerned about about the Cubs facing if they, you know, depending on how the seeding works out or even in the second round. Oh, baby, do you see what it would be for the AL right okay. now if the playoffs ended, started today? Mm-mm. The 4-5 or five matchup, mm. the Chicago White Sox, mm. the New York Yankees. Woo! The Yankees are the 5 seed, the Sox are the 4 seed right now. Yankees are how about that? crushed right now 4 to nothing in the uh, top of the first inning by the Rays uh, right now. So that's, uh, you know. Maybe they'll throw at some more of them. So last night, the uh, Sox lose to the Twins 3-2. to two. Um, You know, we talked a lot at the start of the week about how big this series was going to be for the Chicago White Sox. 
Tonight's the rubber match. You have Ronaldo Lopez on the mound. He's 0-1 with a 9 ERA, taking on Jose Barrios, who's 2-3 and with a 4.75 ERA. He's the right-hander, both right-handers on the mound tonight for the Sox and the Twins. Um, tonight's a big matchup, and, and I go back to the way I've kind of looked at this series, I've viewed this series the entire week, is that this is a point where you can make a statement as far as the Twins are a team that you always struggle against. You go to Minnesota, you always lose games, and you always lose them in a fashion that's extremely frustrating. On Monday, you found a way to win a game that you usually find a way to lose. Now, you go to last night, it's a game that the the Twins won. They beat you. You had opportunities. You had a a fantastic uh, uh, a a strike from Encarnacion that looked like it was going to be a home run, and then... There's a drive way, way, way back there in left center field, and Buxton went up and got it. My, oh, my, Buxton brings it in and lost it on the exchange for out number one. Edwin twice has thought he's gotten one. That one stayed in the park because of Buxton. You can hear it in Jason Benet's voice on NBC Sports Chicago, the the deflation there of the voice when he realizes that Byron Buxton went over the wall to bring that home run back. But, you know, the way I view tonight's game for the Sox is Ronaldo Lopez, you don't know what you're going to get from him on the mound. And thus, the offense is going to have to show up tonight. And you're going to have to put five, six, seven runs on the board to even give yourself a chance in case you get bad Lopez on the mound and not the good Ronaldo Lopez with six stuffs striking people out. Can I give you an early stat of the night? Go like, ahead. Yeah, yeah, You don't have to play the number. Yeah, you don't we'll have to play to the it. open or yeah. anything like that. You don't have to do all that. But, we'll get to it later. Um, the My stat of the night is uh, is eight. Is eight. Give me eight. What does eight mean? After tonight, you have four games against Minnesota and four games against Cleveland. And that's it. So now you have to start separating yourself. You need to win tonight, start that separation, and then take care of business against Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Detroit, those scrubs. Take take care of business against those scrubs. And then you've got Minnesota, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Chicago, and the Cubs. So let's, you know, there's only eight games left against these guys that, that have been, you've been on their tail the entire season or whatever the short season is, right? So it's time to start separating. It's time to, if you're this first place team that's going to make a run at a World Series, it's time to separate. Yesterday, you know, you won the first game, maybe by luck. You lost the second game. Win, win the series. Win the series. Start separating yourself because there's only eight of these left against these teams that you're going to be fighting for a playoff spot with. No, I think it's well said because, um, you know, the way you look at it is if you want to talk about the national media disrespecting you in power rankings or on ESPN television or any show that you watch, well, okay, don't go to Minneapolis and lose two of three mm-hmm. to the Twins, a team that lost six heading into the to the series in a row, and a team that, for all intents and purposes, you had an opportunity to kind of put some distance between you and them. If you want the disrespect to stop, then show up tonight, put up eight runs, and have Lopez throw five or six really good innings, have the bullpen take over, and get a victory, and move on to the next series because you have some some bread with your meat coming up next i believe what four with the royals over the course of the weekend Mm -hmm. that you should fatten up on Mm -hmm. so take care of business tonight mike trout or fernando tatis jr over the course of the next 10 years 
The answer might surprise you. The Baseball Show with Black and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago Did you see earlier that the uh, White Sox and Major League Baseball announced that Jose Abreu was named the American League Player of the Month and Luis Robert named the American League Rookie of the Month for July and August? Shout out to Abreu and Robert. How about that for the White Sox? Yes, uh, great, great for them. Put that on the mantle. Well, they yeah, get a of course. Do they well, get plaques? Well, I mean, I, I think when you look at Abreu, you, a you, trophy? you can make an argument right now that Jose Abreu is in the running for AL MVP, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. I would. I mean, right now with his, what does he have? Uh, let's see, 12 home runs. He has a weighted runs created plus of 163 on mm-hmm. fan graphs. Mm-hmm. One of the best players in baseball. Slash line of 313, mm-hmm. 357, mm-hmm. 626 for Abreu. How mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nelson Cruz, like, listen, if, if the Twins win the American League Central, then I, I I would probably have to vote for Nelson Cruz, yeah, because his numbers are better. Okay, uh, but I I like voting for guys who are in first place, so I would lean Abreu if the Sox win the division. Okay, uh, since we're giving out shout out shout out to you, Darvish, uh, National League Pitcher of the Month. There you go, you Darvish, National League Pitcher of the Month. Mantle on the on the mantle. Do you have uh, your own, Do you have a little mantle in here? You're gonna put little mantles, little trophies on the mantle. Trophies. Let's go first to third. He is safe. Trophies on the mantle. I just want to be fair and balanced. Cubs got awards today, too. Burning around second base. Go first to third. All the way from one corner to another. Stopping at second. He's going to try for third. And the throw is not in time. Able to go all the way from first to third on a wild pitch. First to third. On the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Three stories in Major League Baseball that we will bring to you on first to third each and every night here on the baseball show. First up on ESPN.com, David Schoenfeld has this. Here's the question, Abdallah. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. versus Mike Trout, which player would you rather have for the next decade? Now, before you start to uh, get all disgruntled about how great Mike Trout is, uh, let's just give you the facts right now. Fernando Tatis Jr., 13 home runs for the Padres. He's batting uh, 313, 395, 660. That's a slash line. He has a weighted runs created plus of 178. This year, Mike Trout, even though still great, a little down, 12 home runs, slash line of 268, 359, 602, weighted runs created plus of 149. So Mike Trout, and Fernando Tatis Jr., who would you rather have over the course of the next 10 years? I think most people would immediately respond the way Waddle and Sylvie responded to us mm-hmm. about 30 minutes ago and say, mm-hmm. of course it's Mike Trout. Are you mm-hmm. stupid? Mm-hmm. But No, the answer is youth. You always go youth. You always go because because Tatis, yes, the you know what Trout is going to give you. But for the next 10 years, he's 29. Is he going to play until he's 30? Is he going to play at that level until he's 40? I mean, he might, but ultimately his walks are down this year, but he's been walking more in the last 
14 or 15 games. He's been getting, I think he only had six walks. In the column on ESPN, they mentioned he had six walks in his first 12 games. And then now he's had more in the last 15 or 16 games. Um, but ultimately, if a guy is putting up the kind of numbers that Tatis Jr. is, and he's not even in his prime, you're going to go with youth because he's going to hit his prime. Like, I'm not saying that Trout is out of his prime, but he's going to start going out of his prime sooner than Tatis getting into his prime. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and so, like, for those who are in their cards right now screaming at Black and Abdallah, you guys are idiots. Mike Trout's the greatest player since Mantle. Okay, so the column goes over this because, as Abdallah is saying, what you find out a across the 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 history of major league baseball is when you look at comparisons like trout and tatis jr throughout history you will find that the average war of the players who are younger will always be greater than the player who is already great so like that concept of going with the younger player actually bears out when you look at different examples so here so right Fernando Tatis Jr. is 21 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Trout is 29. So David Schoenfeld on ESPN.com, he writes, Before making your decision, I thought it'd be fun to look back at history and draw similar comparisons. All the best player in the game at their age 28 seasons, and we'll find a corresponding young star from that same season who had a breakout year. Okay, so the first one he looked at was Albert Pujols in 2008. He had a 9.2 war. He won the MVP. They then look at Evan Longoria, who was 22 at the time, who that year was 11th in the MVP voting. He hit 27 home runs. He had a war of 4.8. So then he tracked the war for both of those players over the course of the next 10 seasons. And who do you think had the better production when it comes to war? Well, since I'm looking at the article, well, I know... Well, you, you can play I, along. I, it's, it's you can play, play along. I'm going to say probably Evan Longoria. Yes, he had a war of 48.7 to 36.2. And we've known uh, that, that one of the great big contracts handed out that people regret, they always throw to uh, Albert Pujols, even though he's still playing. Mm-hmm. He, but he, he depreciated over the course of time. Okay, so the next example was Alex Rodriguez in 2004. He hit 36 home runs. He had a war of 7.6. He was in his prime. He was 14th in the MVP voting, but he was in his prime. They compare that to a 21-year-old in that season, 2004, Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera that season had 33 home runs, a war of 3.5. You flash forward over the course of the next 10 years, A-Rod only had a war of 44.6. Cabrera had a war of 55.8. Yeah, I don't want to ruin the bit, but the younger guy always has the higher war. Can I give you one more? Sure. One more? Sure. One more? Because sure. Mike Trout is often sure. compared to this player. Uh-huh. Ken Griffey Jr. Ah, in 1998, yeah, yeah. his year 28 season, he had a war of 6.6, 56 home runs. He was fourth in the MVP voting. We compare him to a youngster at the time, Andrew Jones. Remember for the Braves? Oh, yeah. Age 21. In 1998, he had 31 home runs, hit a war of 7.4. He actually had a higher war than Griff. Well, I mean, this one's a little, a little uh, obviously in one one way because Griffey got hurt a whole bunch. That's true. Griffey only had an 18.2 war over the course of the next 10 seasons. Andrew Jones had 48.5. And, and it goes on and on and on. And the column has all these uh, historical data so points. So the answer is Tatis. 
But but basically, right now, if you had to make a choice, if you were a GM and you had to pick Mike Trout or Fernando Tatis Jr., you would get more bang for your buck by going with the younger player, yeah, Tatis you Jr. you always want to go with the dude that's not close to 30. Like, go with the guy that's not close to 30. It'd be like, well, how far away from 30 are these guys? Oh, that one's less close? Okay, cool. It's, it's basically never sign a player past, like, age 29. Yeah. And, and, like, you could if he's not your, like, focal point player for the franchise. Because I know, like, Jose Abreu is doing great things for the Sox this year. Yeah. The, the Sox have signed him and given him contracts well, yeah. past and look, 30. And but Trout like, may be the anomaly. He's, like, the best player ever. So he might be the anomaly. And you might see him produce like this until he's 40 and just decides, like, you know what? And w- would it even matter? Like, would it, like, the most Mike Trout thing would just be, like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm okay. done. All right. All right. See All right, you guys. See. And he just walks and you're like, wait. What? That's it? To be, to be factually correct, we don't actually know what Mike Trout sounds like because you never hear him speak, so just generic. Hey, guys. Like a turkey here's my, club. Here's my Mike Trout impression. Hey, guys. I'm Mike Trout. Uh, first to third, quickly, I want to give you this story from the New York Post. Uh, shout out to our uh, Twitcher, uh, Roderick Janes. Oh, he's in here yesterday. well, actually, and everybody. Okay, he's in there. Okay. Although he was on our right. side. Okay, He was on, on our side with Tatis. Okay, give him a shout out, shout from, out. from yesterday, right? We had a story about Garrett Cole. And his fastball, right? And he's throwing more home runs this season. Okay, Roderick was right from yesterday because we have another story from a different New York paper today. The headline, Garrett Cole's fastball issue, making the Yankees rebound more challenging. Mm -hmm. And the column is about his fastball command and his placement of the fastball. Roderick nailed it last night on the show. Hold on. Shout out to Roderick. Does Does it mention karma? No, there's no karma in there. That rag, the New York Post. You're going back to the Astros deal? That rag. Okay. All right. Uh, First to third. uh, And then also, did you see the Giants yesterday? They scored 23 runs. Yeah. They beat the Rockies 23 to 5. Alex Dickerson had three home runs for the Giants. 23 to 5. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean look, implement a slaughter rule. Just be done with well, it. What, giant, what are you playing a full giants, baseball the game? The Giants at that were out point. there. They put up three touchdowns, missed an extra point, a field goal. Uh, so you're doing the sports anchor or bit, or three you, touchdowns and a safety? Yeah, yeah. I just made it harder on yeah. myself. You equated it to football because not only are they such giants, a high, it's such a high scoring affair. Chris. Oh, I thought you were doing it because they were the Giants. That too. It's a double. The baseball show. It's a double double joke. Oh. All right, now we'll go to break. From Wrigley on the north to guaranteed <laughs> rate on the south. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. That was first to third. The Cubs and the Pirates will start at 7.15. They're in a weather delay. In Pittsburgh, Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Chicago Cubs tonight. We'll see if he can bounce back. This Anthony Rizzo update is hydrated by body armor. Yesterday, Rizzo went 0 for 5 with a walk, but he had a stolen base as the Cubs win 8 to 7 in 11 innings with potassium packed electrolytes, no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or dyes. Ditch your old sports drink and switch body armor. Ooh, that coconut flavor one. Dude, did you try the orange clementine one? Yeah, dude. That orange, one is good. Listen. That is real good. I'm not trying to tell you what to do with it your body really armor, but if you want to hydrate and get a little frisky at the same time, there's a little good with some vodka in it. I'm not going to lie. It's a good mixer. I know. My- but it's also great 
For hydration. Yes, absolutely. My wife was like, this tastes like a pina colada. Yeah, it does. It was so good. <laughs> it's delicious. So that's your Anthony Rizzo update presented by Body Armor. Black and Abdallah here on the baseball show. Uh, let's go to stat of the night. Jambi's on base percentage was 476. Stat of the night. Damon's on base, 324. And Almeida's was 291. On the baseball show. Add that up and you get... You want me to speak? When I point you get. 1092. On ESPN 1000. Is it okay to have a couple stats of the night tonight? Yeah. Our stat I mean, of the night is two because we have two stats well, of the night. We're, we're counting down to the uh, Sox uh, third match against the Twins. And I wanted to bring this note to you. Uh, the White Sox have 44. 44 could be a stat. We can make stat of the night. Okay. Uh, the 44 plus 44 is a run differential, which ranks third in the major leagues. The Sox have outscored the opposition 97 to 44 on their current 12 and 3 stretch. The White Sox are really playing some of the best baseball in all of the majors. Plus 44, also a an offshoot that uh, Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker of Blink-182 started when Blink-182 parted ways uh, a while ago before they got back together. Please help us all that you just gave us a Mark Hoppus reference. And here Travis on Barker. Yes. And Travis Barker. Yeah, did you see him with Machine Gun Kelly the other night Listen, on the VMAs? I'm not going to get into your trash drum takes, okay? Well, I, mean, I mean, Travis Barker. I mean, come no. on now. No, listen, Machine Gun Kelly is not a he's, good artist. I agree, but okay? Travis Barker, but Travis Barker bit, is one of the, the best. No, he's overrated. one of, hands down, one overrated. of the best technical drummers out there. Hands down. A little showy for my taste. Yeah, well, good for you. A little showy. TV um, I also like wanted... A 19-year-old girl. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I just saw his performance on the VMAs, and I thought it was a bit showy. He is one of the... Best technical drummers out there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, who's second then? I said the best. I said one of the best. Okay. I would would say Glenn from, uh, Glenn Kachi from Wilco's up there as a technical percussionist. Taught me how to play drums at Libertyville. I've got something else for Saturday night, if you don't mind. Hey, we got three I, minutes left. Go ahead. Yeah, get um, to it. Can I also give you 32? As in, 32 uh, was a career high of home runs for Bo Jackson in 1989. And why am I talking about Bo Jackson? Well, on this day in 1986, Bo Jackson made his debut for the Royals against the White Sox. And I thought it'd be a great time to just have a conversation about Bo Jackson. Let's take a listen back. He was awesome on the baseball diamond. Talent. Orselak licks that one to left center field. Bo won the charge. Bo is there. Yo, <laughs> That's into right field. That's a can of corn. Bo Jackson is there. As here's a throw. Gallego tagging it. Bo gets it. What a throw by one ball, one strike to Listash, and he lines one into left field that's going to drop in front of Bo Jackson. Nielsen around third, coming to the plate. Good And Bo throws him out. What the What is going on in that booth? Deep to right field. Tarnable goes back, looks up. You can't put it in the ball. Yes! Bo Jackson. So there's Hog. You hear a whole bunch of different announcers there. Bo Jackson highlights uh, 32 for Bo Jackson. We hit 32 home runs in 89. Shockingly enough, Hawk Harrelson, not the most outrageous. The one guy's like, oh, throw, throw, throw. I mean, those highlights, 
those old highlights of Bo Jackson getting the outfield. He catches the ball in the outfield and a rifle, the laser mm-hmm. into the plate. Were, mm-hmm. They were awesome. And, and it makes me think, like, what if Bo Jackson just would have stuck to one sport? I mean, he was legendary because of playing multiple sports. And yeah. we know the Bo knows uh, campaigns. But listen, he could have been a much better baseball player, probably. Mm-hmm. Same with a football player. He probably would have been a better running back if he didn't play baseball. Yeah, I mean... Until injuries got but in the that's, way. But that's part of the mystique, you know? That's it really part of is. the greatness is that, well, he did... Well, he could have been, but he was still great at both despite playing both. And and you and I are young... We're, quote, we're called the young guys young at guys. the station. But, like, I feel like... Watching even, the MTV Music Video well, Awards. <laughs> doing, doing the Bo Jackson highlights is really scraping, like... I'm sure there's a lot of, like, 28 and below Mm -hmm. people listening to the show who are like, yeah, I I never watched Bo Jackson. Oh, yeah, for sure. I never saw him play. Like, oh, he's that one clip I see once in a while on SportsCenter of him in a Royals, that powdered blue Royals uniform rifling in a laser from the Mm -hmm. outfield all Mm -hmm. the way to home plate. Mm -hmm. Like, that was a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and the one one highlight we heard where he he catches it and then he runs up the side like he's Spider-Man. I mean, that's outstanding against the outfield wall. And then, you know, the famous picture of him and highlight of him breaking the bat over his head. There's a lot of those highlights. Yeah. Over his knee, over his head. Well, he made the bat look like a toothpick. Yeah. So, Bo Jackson, in 1986, he had his Major League debut with the Royals. Uh, so, we gave you a 32 for him and then a 44 for the White Sox. The Sox take Plus on 44. the Twins coming. Well, yeah, 44. Plus 44. Well, I mean, yeah, 44. Mark Hoppus, Travis Barker. Yes, plus 44 for Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker, the underrated drummer in Abdallah's Hey, opinion. Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker are both good musicians. Okay, Tom DeLong's a lot there. But. Uh, coming up next, uh, Black and Abdallah, we will continue as we end the baseball show, but we will continue with you until 8 o'clock. There's a Game 7 in the NBA, and it has a lot uh, meaning for one player specifically. His name is James Harden. What happens tonight will go a long way with his legacy. We'll talk about it next. This is the baseball show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.